let's get ready to do this. Let's, let's check this out. One, two, one. Brr, one, two, one, two. Brr. You sound beautiful, Bush. Thank you very much. You can do a little uh, sound check. Welcome back to another barnstorming episode of the A to Z of Everything, uh, where Lou and I, Andy Bush here, Louise Maloney over there, um, we attempt to try and categorise everything in the world in alphabetical order, but not in actual order, just in the random nature of letters drawn out of a bag that are drawn onto some pebbles. It sounds deranged, and you know what? It kind of is, but it works. But somehow it works. It works for us. It works for us. It's This is, you know... Therapy session for us, and it's great that you guys are here. Uh, let's just get a Louise update then, and uh, what you've been doing this week, what's been going on the past few days. Well, I got a bit disgusted by one of your tweets. Okay. Um, recently, look at what you. Did I, like, what right. did I? I'm scanning through what I've said recently. I've don't said a few you things. worry. It's don't you worry. It's not actually about you. It's something you observed, and that was that somebody flossed on the train sitting opposite you. Earlier on today, it's absolutely unbelievable. I'm really upset by this, Bush, because I'll tell you for why. Um, so, you know, like, you know, when you have a long piece of floss, like bits of the food are coming out on the floss. Yes. You know? Yes. Like like clothes on a washing line. And so you have to see that. And those bits of food are probably falling off the floss onto the train um, seat. And then my next question is, which is the most important one. Did this person look like they gave a shit? No, didn't care. Literally didn't care at all. Sunglasses on the whole time. She was a, a tourist, uh, but she was using one of those um, one of those flosses that's like a harp. So um, it was going bing, dong, ding, dong, ding, ding, like like you could hear it doinging, dwinging as it was going in and out of her teeth. As those things, you know, they're like it's like a horseshoe shape thing with a with floss mm-hmm. across the top of it. Um, but like for ages, you could hear her going. Ah, uh, no, bush. And then, oh, and then, oh, I'm really sorry if you're having any food while she listened to this. She was licking them back off the actual floss. The food Licking bits. the food back all the yeah. Oh, God. Like, it, there's something wrong with people. Like, I told you a couple of years uh, ago, do you remember I had that fight with the girl on the on the tube? Because she was sitting opposite me. Maybe we didn't talk about this on a podcast. No, I'm not there was aware a girl of you sitting, having a fight with someone on the tube. I kicked her. Um, so there was a girl sitting opposite me on the tube and her boyfriend was lying on her lap, okay? Okay. So his torso and head were, were... It was very... It was either very early or very late. They had loads of cases. They'd obviously been up late. And he was lying on her lap and she was using her fingernail to pick wax and dirt out of his ear. Oh my God. While he was was snoozing. And she was flicking it out of her nail as she got more and more stuff under her nail. Oh my God, stop. Make it stop. I know. So I was right opposite her, right? And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like if I look away, like, like what can I do? I'm on a packed tube. There's no other seats. I can't move. So... My leg, independent of my body, extended and kicked her in the shin. Oh wow, you lashed out. And she, I lashed out. It was like, I swear to God, it was, it was like an outer body experience. And she startled and she looked up and I just looked at her like this and I went, stop that. And he woke up from the exertion of the kick <laughs> and they both, now to be fair, they both looked pretty embarrassed. So he's then sat up. She kind of didn't make eye contact with me again. It's like they went into another world and they thought they were at home. Not that I would even do that at home because that's absolutely disgusting. So she was picking the wax and dirt out of his ear hole and flicking it into the tube. I hate as well just the way couples who are too comfortable with each other kind of preen each other like like monkeys. It's disgusting. It's kind of gross. Yeah. But I like, I like you um, lashing out. I almost want to get you one of those like a cane with like a duck's head at the top so you can hit, hit people on, wrap people on the legs when you're on the tube and you're angry. Get, get out with you. What do you do when you stop and do your dirty so-and-so? That's a lovely accent. Sounds very like me. 
thought it was me for a second. It's my best uh, impression, yeah. Um, no, but I just, it was, I ha- hands up, it was independent. I didn't even know I was doing it. It was an independent bodily reaction where I kicked her and I was like, stop doing that. And she, in fairness, she stopped. Well, she stopped. I mean, I, I did put on Twitter earlier on about this, uh, the flossing thing. Yeah. Uh, like you say, uh, Petra says, uh, bloke clipped his toenails in the gym changing rooms when he was opposite <laughs> him once. Uh, Emily says, I was in a communal lounge once when a woman was using the scissor edge to scrape out what was underneath her toenail before cutting them. It's haunted me ever since. I vaguely <laughs> remember her brushing the carpet to disperse them after she was told to stop. Maybe you were around at that point, Louise, as well. I would have decked her. I would have oh, just decked her. Like. So grim, isn't it? Why are people cutting toenails in public? It's absurd. It's weird, but I think I think there has been a fundamental... Sorry, this podcast isn't anything to do with the alphabet. Oh, yeah, it's just yeah, us moaning yeah. about people. But um, I think there's been a change in what what is acceptable and what isn't. What well, weird way of saying acceptable. What is... <laughs> what is acceptable and not acceptable in public? So, for example, mm. there was a lad in tracky bottoms uh, on the tube the other day doing that thing where they just listen to their crappies watching on TikTok or, or Instagram I stories, like. scrolling, just on full volume. Like, I mean, if someone if phones me on the tube or public transport or whatever, I'll be like, can't talk, I'm on the train. Mm. But other people are just, there's, there's a woman who I see, she's like my nemesis. I see her pretty much every night uh, on the C2C train back to Leon C. And she just mm. talks with a with a Bluetooth thingy in, just like absolute full volume. You get the ins and outs mm. of her life. I hate it. So I was at the um, hairdresser a couple of weeks ago and it's quite a like, you know, going to the hairdresser as a woman, you're spending a lot of money. So it's quite a decadent experience, okay? Yes. And since COVID, a lot of people work from the hairdresser so they'll bring their laptop. There's nothing wrong with that, what? right? A woman took a full Zoom... <laughs> <laughs> a full-on Zoom in the hairdresser beside me, headphones in, having a full-on meeting on Zoom. And I was like, this is so unchilled for me. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm spending a lot of money to be here because it's a woman's hairdresser, and you are talking about financials and numbers and whatnot. And I looked at the hairdresser and he looked at me and he was just like, it's just so rude. I was like, thank you. At least someone else feels that way. Full-on conference call in the hairdresser. Well, it's like, like I say, I think people are just kind of like, obviously COVID happened and people work from home and all that, you know, and, and that's fine and everything. But there's yeah. been that kind of weird mix of the, the the private spilling out into the public, you know, and like you shouldn't yeah. be having conversations like that with other people, particularly whenever other people, well, like you say, you want to you get your blue rinse done, Louise. You just want to <laughs> relax. You want that weird. They still do that thing where they put that hair, the, clip, the, the, the plastic bucket on your head. No, that, that I think those days are gone, Bush. I think now they've realised that extreme heat on wet dyed hair is quite dangerous. And I think we've moved on from that. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I remember going into the barbers when I was a boy. I remember mm. there was loads of old fellas in there with like hair coming out of their ears and, mm. and that kind of man chat. And there was always like telly on in the background, a bit of patter, the, the way that mm. the li- lino floor was worn with the moccasins mm, of worn thin, yeah. Paul the barber yeah. would walk around, snip, snip, chat, snip, snip, chat. And then obviously the, the the women hairdresser thing was just these kind of strange boutiques of um, plastic hair dryers and uh, perfumes and and beaded curtains and gossip and stuff like that and plastic on couches. Very unusual. I used to love going to the hairdresser with my granny though because it was such a gossip fest, yes. you know, and I was always shocked with like <laughs> how much detail was, was given to hairdressers back and forth, you know, like literally the most confidential family stuff was discussed in the hairdresser, in the corner. It was always at the end of my granny's road. Like, she wasn't going far. Yeah. It was just the corner of the street into... And then we one time, we went to this woman's house and she just 
had a couple of couple of chairs in her back room and we went in there a couple of times. Very, very, you know, slapdash, which I really enjoyed. And then, but I think there was must have been a bit of um, weirdness during COVID. Do you remember that? I mean, hairdressers weren't supposed to work. Yes. They've got to work yeah. somehow. They're not like they can yeah. work from home easily. But there was a bit, I think it was a bit of illicit, you know, back alley, uh, black market hairstyle and haircutting going on uh, there. I mean, how did you, if you don't want to name any names, Louise, but what happened to your hair during the, 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 the lockdown? There might have been some illicit hair really? cutting going on in this flat. There might have been. I can't say whether that did happen or didn't, but there might have been. I love that. The idea of the police banging on the door and then your hairdresser having <laughs> a snap shut an old suitcase and scarper out the back window. Love that. <laughs> oh, well, listen, should we go on with this week's episode? Let's do it. Uh, the Bag of Destiny uh, said to us that R would be the letter that would be uh, we'll be looking at this week. And it's good because we've had a couple of we have had a couple of tough letters. We've had one letter twice, which is hard work. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ch- I'm going to go straight in with Philip Burridge, who's emailed us mm-hmm. um, uh, with a few to start with, just to get us going. He says, "Hi Bush and Lou, can I start with some R's Rocky films? I don't know if you were going to go with those at all, Louise, but Rocky movie. Have you ever seen a Rocky movie? Rocky Balboa. I've seen them. I you look. We we've had this sort of fallout before. I'm not really into. It's a very masculine film. I'm not really into action films or I know it's not action per se. Well, it's a bit action-y. I don't like Die Hard, don't like any of those sort of Terminator, Rocky films. Just just not my, it's not my bag, Bush, it's not my bag. Uh, he just adds roller skates, especially the metal ones that adjusted to fit into your shoes. They were lethal. And finally, robots. Uh, he says they'll be taken over soon, uh, but they might actually do a better job than us, which I won't argue with, but I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. The state of, I know AI is going great guns. But um, actual robots, walking around robots, have not quite lived up to the uh, the high expectations that we we were sold in like the eighties and early nineties from science fiction movies. Well, before that as well, really, because if you see a robot these days trying to walk up the stairs, it's embarrassing. The closest thing I have to a robot is um, like a little tiny circular disc that's actually a vacuum that goes around and does the house itself. I think it's called a Roomba. I was actually it's, it's on my list to talk about with you today. Um, and it basically, it's a little tiny Hoover. What's it called and again? A room? A room? A Roomba? I think it's called a Roomba in the States. Right. Um, and it's the closest thing to a like robotic thing that I have or I, I've had contact with. And let me tell you, Bush, it's fucking chaotic. Okay. <laughs> to the point where like, I can't even use it anymore. It's in a cupboard. We don't touch it. It's like got dust on it, ironically. Why, why did it, why was it so chaotic? What did it do? So like, as you know, we don't have kids at the moment. And so we've loads of plants and stuff like that. And we've loads of things on the floor, you know. And so basically, we, you, you set it down, Bush, and you just let it do its thing. But there is no rhyme or reason to it, like zero. It just goes diagonal. It goes across. It goes left. It goes right. It goes round in circles. And it gets to the point where like, it's just catching up anything and anything gets stuck in it. Or which is my least favourite thing, it goes under the couch and can't find its way back out again. It's going like, ah, So you're oh like God. lived, <laughs> it's freaking out. And like, you literally check it on the app and it's like, you know, the Roomba's in trouble. And you're like, I don't care. It's supposed to be helping me, not the other way around. Like, you know. They can't seem to get it right. I mean, like Henry Hoover's, like Henry Hoover's had the market covered for quite a while, but they, they constantly like committed Harry Carey and just rolled onto their back, didn't they? And looked really confused. Uh, yeah. So the, the Roomba, whatever it's called, Gets lost yeah. underneath couches and that gets confused as well. You know, because if you hoover, like when I'm hoovering, there's, there is a bit of skill and judgment involved. Like 100%. I'll, I'll change it from carpet setting to floor setting based on wow, the move okay. from a rug. Yeah, it's just, just how I roll. Yeah. I have to be thorough with it. 
Uh, and then obviously you want to try and avoid smacking um, skirting boards, hoovering up kids' toys. Yeah. So I'm sure that I don't know if the Roomba can process all it can't. that. You know? Let me it tell can't. you, Bush, it can't. Jesus. It even freaks out going from like, you know, a, a, to- a hard surface onto a rug. It like, it really struggles to get up on the rug. Yeah. It's just insane. But you mentioned Henry Hoover's there. Like the minute I think of a Henry Hoover, what was his girlfriend called? Wasn't aware that he had a girlfriend. There was a girl vacuum cleaner as well. Was there? Yeah. Henrietta? Maybe. So I'm thinking sister, unless unless you thought they were in a relationship. I think they're in a relationship. Romantically involved. If you're listening now and you know whether Henry had a girlfriend or is that his sister, please clarify because, you know, there is potential incest. There's no other way of putting it. We'll save that for I. <laughs> yeah, I just associate those sort of hoovers with like older men and, you know, sort of it being very early on sex toy. Do you know what I mean? What? Do you know, like, the Henry Hoover had a face and stuff, and so, and it had that long tube coming out of it, like, you know, and I just, I just feel like it, it would probably was used for nefarious, is nefarious a word? Nefarious, yeah, reasons. Yeah. I mean, what nefarious. you thought people put their, their, their junk t- in it. Really? But with yeah. the tube on or tube off? Tube on, so they're doing it to the tube. He did it, I mean, <laughs> Henry does have a cheeky look on his face, but. Do you know what I mean? I feel bad for, like, taking it that far. <laughs> Just tickle him. Just tickle him. Don't do that to him. <laughs> oh, bastard. Sorry, but, but sorry. I just, that's where my mind goes when I think of Henry the Hoover. I'm sorry. But do get in touch and let us know if he has a girlfriend because that probably would have been more appropriate for the bachelors back in the day. Well, yeah, I feel like you ruin something for people for a section of society <laughs> every week on this podcast. Uh, but thank you, Philip. Uh, R is for that. So you put in the Roomba as the R. I'm putting in the Roomba and you're putting in the robot, which I kind of, they're hand in hand. Um, can I chuck one in? Uh, R is for, and excuse this being a bit um, close to the bone, but rimming. (laughs) My, I only found out what that was a few years ago. I don't, I mean, we don't want to explain. I'm not going to get involved in it or or explain what it is, right? Because people know, you know what it is. Is this it? That's a terrible impression. Never, ever do that again. That's the worst thing. That is, I don't think that is. Can you just do that one more time? I don't think that's what it's supposed to be. Okay, so so there's a reaching around situation and then you go. Oh my God, that's so bad. Sorry. I believe. I just said Bush. Bush has his head. The technical term, the technical term of what you just did, I believe, is tromboning. Oh, and we ain't going right. to go there. Okay. We'll save that for tea. I thought, that's, I oh, thought that's what it was. But I was like, am I half right? Am I half right? I don't right fucking make eye contact with you ever again. That's just the most <laughs> awful thing I've ever seen. You're very eager there as well, I have to say. Like, in for a penny, in for a pound, Bush, you know. Credit, credit where credit's due. <laughs> But, 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 returning to rim, oh God, returning to rim for a second, jeez. But rim, I feel like the word rim is ruined now, like, because you had the movie Pacific, Pacific Rim. I mean, right. that was ruined by rimming, really, because most people are thinking, oh. And then um, uh, there's a really good video game, which I enjoy playing, but it's called Rim World. And it just sounds oh, no. like, a, 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 like a playground of, you know, adult BDSM activity. And it's been ruined by... So, you know, we don't need to go into it, but I, all I would say mm-hmm. in this week's episode is that rimming in many ways has ruined rim as a word in with anything else, really, to be honest with you. If you can think of any other rims that are fairly, um, you know, innocuous, but I've had probably slightly subterranean meaning now because of rimming, do get in touch. Yeah, it just takes one connotation, doesn't it, to really ruin a word for generations? That's it. I, I've, done nothing, I've done nothing to help that cause. No, 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 not at all, not with your impression. Um, yeah. It, it's tra- traumatised me, so R is for rimming. 
Mm. Let's move on to some listener yeah. stuff because I they got in touch with some great stuff. Now, we have talked about this person before, so let's not go on too much about this person because it might be overkill. But Eccles has got in touch and said, we got to talk about Rick Astley. Okay, and good old Rick. You and, I lo- you and I love Rick. He's a good friend of mine and he's amazing. Um, I know you're not a fan of his open toe sandals. Everything, I think whenever you, you say his name, anything. the first time yeah. anyone says Rick Astley or Rick or whatever, that's instantly teleported to... You know, when you, you're looking at someone, you meet someone, and then you're just drawn down to like a certain bit and you do like a triple zoom in. Dun, dun, dun. I just wasn't expecting him because he looked kind of cool. Jeans on, shirt. It was the height of the summer. And then he's had these mm. big old open-toed Jesus creepers on. It scared the life out of me. Yeah, I know. I just I just focus on the hair. The hair is stunning. You Beautiful, know? isn't it? It's like iron wool. It's just insane. Did you see his Glastonbury performance, Bush? Uh, I didn't, actually. Um, I don't Very know, impressive, I, Bush. Was he, was he good? Very impressive. He was really Did he really murder good. some songs, though? Because he was doing cover versions, though, right? No, there was two sets. When he did it, I only saw his own set of his own music. And I thought right. that was brilliant. I really, really thought that was great. It's really put him in the sort of public eye again as well. He sells out arenas, Bush. Like, it's insane. Well, that's what I like about him, though. He, you know, you wouldn't think that. And, and he listened to him talk, obviously, because he used to work in the office with us. He's like, oh, how are you doing? He just sounds like a mechanic. Yeah. Uh, what, um, what are you driving then when you go up to, you can do M5, M6, or uh, you can park up at Kiel and, you know, get a lift in or on a bus or something. Really bizarre. Very, very unrick voice. Is it R-I-K or is he R-I-C-K? R-I-C-K. Are you sure? I'm positive. I have to Google him. I'm so sorry. I do trust you. You don't believe me? I do, I, Is this because of the tromboning thing? Yes, I'm slightly haunted. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. It's R-I-C-K. Um, so I think we've got to stick Rick Astley down on the list, please. R is for Rick Astley. R is also for, I'm going to put forward, The Range. Are you a fan of The Range, the shop? What the hell is that? You don't know what The Range is? No. It's an amazing hobby shop, which has got like, um, if you want to do any form of crafting, yeah, maybe hobby is the wrong word, any form of crafting in there. It's got pom-poms you can stick um, googly eyes onto. It's got uh, Tipex, paint, sparkly paint, spray cans, you name it, string. It's all in the range. Bush, this place has you written all over it. I feel like you probably just go into another world when you're there, do you? It's like Katie's dragging you out. Do I love the most about the range? Tell me. Right, I love, and I've got one just in the corner over there, right? Little tiny organiser pots that you can get for stuff. I love little plastic lid organisers, you know, with loads of little compartments in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I put board game stuff in there, but we're going to do a a long road trip with the kids soon. And Katie, my other half, has seen on Instagram, what some people do is put different snacks in each of the compartments for the kids. They can have it on their lap and then keep all the the snacks separate. I mean, what about that? I mean, that does sound incredibly handy. And you can also just get them crafts in there for the car journey itself. Yes. I mean, a question for you, Louise, and I think I know the answer to this. Do you do any crafting? I can't imagine you craft. I don't really craft. Um, I well, do you remember, I do other things. Like, do you remember I created all those bats for my wall during Halloween a couple of years ago? And called oh, them yeah. my And called them my bat babies. Um, yes. And then created a light installation that like literally shone up and basically looked like they were flying. That's kind of crafty. That is crafty. That's very, I mean, you, you could get all the stuff for that down at the, the, the range. I love the range. Where is there one in London? They're everywhere, mate. We've got one in Southend. Wow. It's just when you need to get your mobility scooter or your all-round uh, print wolf fleece. Get yourself down there. That's where everyone else hangs out. Love it. I need to go. Let's do an OB from there. Let's do an OB from the range. There you go. Uh, in the A to Z of everything, R is for the range. Uh, Matt Doy has uh, written in to say he wants to include roast dinners. And I got to say, I completely agree with that. 
Love a roast dinner. Roast dinners aren't like a huge Sunday thing in Ireland. I think I've told you that before. Like it's not really a, a big tradition. But So when I moved here, I just love the idea of going to a pub on a Sunday and sitting there, glass of red, full full roast. And I, I, there's nothing cosier in winter and maybe a hot whiskey. Nothing cosier. That was great. I absolutely love it. I, although I get, I always feel like pubs rip you off a little bit these days, don't they? Of course they do. Because I, I grew, I grew up working in catering in Devon back in the day when it was like stack it high and and sell them quick. You know, where you used to get loads work on the carvery and you just get loads of slices of meat, loads of gravy, loads of potatoes. Help yourself. And then now you go to London pubs. I mean, God knows. I mean, I haven't had a roast dinner in a London pub for ages, but. Um, they must be like 20-odd quid or beyond. Easy. Easy. Slice a little tiny slice of meat. And they think by by doing a massive bloody Yorkshire pudding that you could sit and have a bath in, mm. then that covers all every, the fact that everything else is quite scant. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God, that's a good point, Bush. They do try to trick you with the Yorkshire pudding. A giant Yorkshire pudding. Okay, so tell me, if we went to a pub on Sunday, Bush, and there was chicken, beef and lamb on the menu, what are you going for? I would go chicken. I would okay. 100% go chicken. I, I love lamb, but I think you never get very much of it. Mm, and it can be it's fatty. It's a volume thing for me. It can be quite fatty. I don't really like pork that much, to be honest with you. I'm not a massive oh, yeah, pork fair. fan. Yeah. What are you going for? Well, I would. chicken is like high up there, but we, we just eat so much chicken in the house. I feel like when I go for a roast, I have to have roast beef and a bit of horseradish. Old school. Yeah, I do. I just, I absolutely love it. And I love around Christmas time going for a roast in London. I think it's so festive. I love it. Absolutely love it. There was a shop in Bristol, which I, I, I sadly think isn't around anymore, um, that did takeaway roast dinners where you would go and get a roast. Uh, genuinely, they'd put it in like a polystyrene foldy thing for you and you take it home. And I just think it's a brilliant idea. And if you're listening to it and, and there's still somewhere in the United Kingdom that does that, do tell us because I would absolutely love to go and get a takeaway roast. Get You know, save yourself half the hassle. Compared, did you ever get one? Yeah, yeah, loads of times. Absolutely brilliant. We used to get them on like a Thursday and Friday night if we'd been working late. Oh my so God. Good. And so you'd bring it home, right? And would you decant yeah. it onto a plate or would you eat it out of the polystyrene? Have it straight out of the polystyrene. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> like a couple of people on an FBI stakeout from the 1980s, just eating out of polystyrene. Oh, it was so good. So good. Oh my God. Let's get that going, please. Thank you, Matthew Doy. R is indeed for roast dinner and let us know about the takeaway roast thing if it's still going on in this country. Uh, another R I'm going to chuck in the mix here is um, roller coasters. Uh, because my kids are getting to the age now where they we obviously live near Adventure Island in South End. So whenever we go past it on the bus or in the car, um, Adventure Island's like a load of roller coasters and stuff. They always start looking at it thinking, oh, that'd be quite good to go on that. When can we go on that, Dad, please? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to take them on it because I absolutely hate roller coasters. Have you always hated them? Always. Absolutely always. And one of the worst, darkest times of my life, I remember we, um, I don't know if I told you, on this a few weeks ago that me and my brother were pen pals with some Swedish girls. You did, you did. That we met yeah. on holiday, right? So we then uh, went to see them in Sweden. Mm. And there were like five or six of them and they were all absolutely lovely. So we were like obviously trying to trying to pull them yep. and we were there for like a week. And you did Just trying to pull them. And then we, we went to this place called Tivoli with them because they lived, they lived in Malmo. So you could get to Copenhagen and stuff really quickly. And there's a place called Tivoli which is a huge like European theme park where you can have beer. And I, I didn't really understand what it was. We were like, me and my brother were like, yeah, that sounds great. Anyway, it turned out to be like loads of just terrifying bloody roller coasters. You know what it's like? The, the, the girls want to go on the roller coasters. Mm-hmm. And we, want, we don't look like, don't look like pussies. Yeah. And saying, no, we'll just sit and mind the bags. So we went on them as well and we just scream. You know when you scream and you just absolutely ugly scream and yeah. let yourself down? And I, I feel like me and my brother's performance or lily-liveredness when we were on the roller coasters may have 
put the kibosh on any future romantic plans they had for us. Not going to lie, like a turn-off would be, um, you know, a guy screaming like a little girl on a roller coaster. Like that. Ah! <laughs> ah, oh my God, no. Pretend to be a, a haemophiliac just so they stop it. But it's funny you should say that because one of my first dates was at a place called Funderland in Dublin, which is Ballsbridge. Oh, I. And they have like, exactly like that, loads of roller coasters, loads of rides, stuff like that. And I went on a date with a was guy. Was this the fellow with the longboat? No, 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 no. That was much later on in life. I was probably narrowboat, about, sorry, not a yeah, Viking. Yeah. <laughs> I was about 14 at the time and he was probably about 16. And we went to Funderland and I, it was probably the first roller coaster ride I'd been on. But it was a kind of one that spun as well, you know. And I just remember him and me sitting together and like me being so petrified. And I didn't get sick, but a load of snot came out my nose and flashed across across my face. (laughs) And I remember him saying, breathe through your mouth, breathe through your mouth. Not the first time he said that to you. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, okay. And I remember getting off it and like trying to be a bit cool. Trying to be like, you know, I mean, 14, can you be sexy? Probably not. But, you know, trying to be cool, trying to be like hip and and just having snot on my hair, feeling rather sick and just wanting to go home. Why do people do it, though? Like, I I don't understand. Some people are really passionate about it and they'll go to like Disneyland or whatever and Mm. and then queue for like an hour to have a go on this thing where they nearly shit their pants. I know. And then, and it's just awful. It's absolutely awful. I don't get it. And now I worked at um, a terrible place called Key... Well, it's not terrible, but... (laughs) I worked at a chip shop in a place called Key West in Cherston. Mm. When I finished my degree, so I got like a first-class honours degree, then straight into working in a chippy. I was nice. probably the most overqualified chip shop worker ever. But that had a low-level fairground and, you know, fun park. And they're, they're breaking. They break all the time. I don't mean like people dying, but I mean like, you know, it even happened here in South End a couple of weeks ago. There's, there were some people trapped at the top of one of the roller, roller coasters for like an hour and a half whilst they had to get it fixed again and get them down. It's like... I don't like those odds. I don't like those odds, thanks very much. And these ones where you're dangling underneath the roller coaster, which, you know, when you go to Thorpe Park or uh, Alton Towers, screw that. Do you know what I mean? Screw and, and, that. And they do break down more often than you think. So I 100% yeah. agree with that. I think maybe we're just nerds, little nerds, but I, I don't think I can get on board, literally, with the whole roller coaster thing. I just can't. I just like being alive, yeah? So. Yeah. I will do anything that, that increases my percentage chance of still being alive uh, mm-hmm. by the end of the day. And so people who are like thrill seekers or adrenaline junkies, sometimes I kind of feel like they just deserve to eliminate themselves from the gene pool. Like, you know, they'd have that Darwin Award because they jumped off this thing and did a really high snowboard. Dive. Well, that's you, you're risking your life there, mate. I couldn't agree with you more. Let's scratch them off the surface of the earth. Let's just do it. Boom. A little bit harsh. But, you know, sometimes you've got to get real with these people. R is for roller coasters. R is also for Rolexes. I'm going to tell you why I'm bringing up Rolexes, Bush. Because I hate them, okay? So I'm with my partner a few years, but I'm definitely around in the age of the dating app. And let me tell you, because you didn't get the whole dating app situation, Bush. No, never been on a dating app in my life. Yeah, you were already kind of hooked up at that point. And... The dating app world is a hellscape. And there are basically men on there who are, I, I would just know from the, you don't, I don't even need to see the full picture or like five pictures of them. I would just know immediately what kind of person they are. And one right. of the big turnoffs for me is like, 
Rolex on the wrist. Big, chunky, flashy, shiny watch. I just, guys who are showy like that, like there's something else going on, I just can't do it. There's loads of guys on private jets, you know, just sitting, you can tell that it's a private jet. Loads of people like in casino, loads of guys in casinos and all that kind of stuff on bachelorette parties in Vegas. No, 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 no. So the biggest... Cigars. Think they're Drake. People who think they're Drake, that kind of thing. (laughs) They're Drake. You're not Drake, mate. You're not Drake. You're Darren. Calm down. Uh, But yeah, so Rolexes, I just, I can't stand it. I even, like, I even don't think they're that nice. Like, I don't think they add to an outfit. I think they are primarily there to say, look at me, I have money, you know, check me out. And I just can't stand it. And it's like, oh, the second hand goes around all the time and never stops. Oh, well done. Do you know what I mean? We've been to the moon. (laughs) We've got AI. You know, Pick yourself up. Weirdly enough, there's there's a very interesting thing that's happened about Rolexes today on Twitter. Shut Have up, you seen really? this thing with with Alison Hammond from this morning? Yeah, go on. So someone called Macbeth, um, a lady, tweeted this morning saying, hashtag this morning, I love watching Alison Hammond, copying her in, but with the cost of living affecting us all, I find it uncomfortable seeing her wearing what looks like a Rolex. Alison Hammond obviously has replied to this, retweeting it by adding the comment, I wish it's actually a Michael Kors watch my late mum bought me and it cost her £185 of her hard-earned money. It means more to me than any Rolex. Sorry you felt uncomfortable. So A, that woman absolutely burnt and brilliantly done by Alison Hammond. But if you follow the thread, someone has then gone on that woman's feed and it's she's moaning about how difficult it is to clean her incredibly expensive jewellery from... Uh, Tiffany's or somewhere like that. So <laughs> she's hardly struggling with the cost of living as well. So got to be careful with these things because sometimes virtue signaling like that can come back and bite you in the ass. We love a bit of drama like that, don't we? Love a bit what of a drama. What a drama. What a what palaver. A drama. But yeah, dudes who are showy with money, uh, dudes who flash the cash and especially flash that wrist. No, thank you. Next. Watch out if you're going to flash the wrists, fellas. Uh, that's that's a warning there from Louise. Um, another hard but when we were running out of time here but I'm just going to chuck this one in because it's the north I don't know whether you have this phrase in Ireland but um, Katie my other half is from the northeast, and they have a brilliant phrase for get, people who are quite leery and they call it raggy we don't have raggy no but I like it because oh, I think it's like I like it onomatopoeia is that the word where it sounds like what it is yeah so it's like people who have too many drinks too quickly and get dead raggy or well raggy I'm going to I'm going to stop you know obviously I am quite southern overall even though I have kind of like a, quite a cool accent, as you, as you can hear. I think I might start chucking Raggy in there a little bit. Raggy this, Raggy that. Now, is this a word from years ago, or are people from there still using the word? I think they still use it. Like, for example, um, the story that you will have heard, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, of Louise having a couple too many drinks and getting chucked out of a kebab shop, you got a bit Raggy. Or okay. from earlier on in this particular episode, that woman who was picking the wax out of her fella's ears, you got Raggy, kicked her in the shins. I think we should both take Raji on. I like it. I'm very much up for Raji. It's going in. Raji is going in on the list. Uh, the last one I have, Bush, is from David Thomas. I love this message. He says, record players. My daughter, Polly, loves the one I bought, and she's 14, David from Windermere. I do like them, and I've got one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 would, I don't know if people listening to this now have the same thing. I don't play as much stuff on it as I probably should do. It yeah. looks great in the lounge. I very rarely actually can be asked to stick a record on. But Bush, I met you before you had your last two children. You had Aaron when I when I first knew you. You are just in a very hectic part of your life, I think. And I can see yes. you when the two littlest ones grow up a little bit more. I think you might play more records in the in the house with Katie. Brilliant. So I can play some stuff when I'm sixty or sixty five. <laughs> you know the, the irony is right. I, I said on this podcast last week 
that my back, uh, you know, the days of sciatica are gone. <gasps> no. My youngest daughter, Thea, refused, Stella, sorry, refused to walk back from the party that we went to, the family party. So I had to carry her for about 45 minutes. And my back is absolutely messed up today. I mean, it's not bad to how it was, but, you know, it's almost like you think you're in the clear and kids give you a little warning. Yeah, you know don't I mean? get don't get too comfortable. I'm coming for you. Don't get you. too comfortable. They'll just send you put in a little reminder there for you. Right. Well, listen, we're running out of time. Let's let's delve into the um, the bag of omens, the bag of destiny. Louise, say stop, and I'll pick out a pebble with a letter drawn on it. One, two, three. Pick it out. Here we go. And I'll get it. Ooh, J. Oh, okay. We can do that. We can live with J. We can live with J. Uh, stuff beginning with Jake, folks. Get in touch. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast. And thank you as ever for listening as we run spectacularly out of time here. This is a Curious Mole production. Uh, it's been produced by the chafing uh, Dane Smith. And the music is by Revolution Void. And we will see you next week with things beginning with Jay. Bye, Bush. See you next week. See you later, Lou. 